Good evening, Crypt Keepers, and welcome. Welcome to a very special episode of Cryptique. No jokes tonight. We're going to jump right into it. But before we do, Ryan, tell them what they need to know. Uh, the best way you guys can help us out, help the show, help us grow, help us spread, is to share us with somebody that you think will like it, somebody that is into this kind of stuff, the kind of stuff that we talk about and have fun with. If you want to help us even more on whatever your particular podcast 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 platform is, you can like, rate, comment, subscribe, whatever ways you can interact. They're all helpful, and they let the platform know that this is a good show, and more people should probably hear it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube and TikTok at Cryptique podcast with an underscore for tiktok and without for youtube you can check out our friends over at bearbox with the link in the show notes and you can check out what we are working on at crypticpodcaststore.com tonight ryan and i have the pleasure of sitting down with dr christopher macklin dr macklin is a spiritual and metaphysical lecturer author remote and remote viewer who shares his insights in the fields of spirituality health and wellness, and the paranormal. His topics include SADS, 5Gs and the effect on the public, UFOs, the Galactic Federation, raising the immune system, divine sovereignty, cause and effect of illness, lectures on the metaphysical, spiritual, and emotional guide to health and wellness. Dr. Macklin treats emotional orders, including addictions, chronic depression, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder. The whole person and their whole life are treated. Therefore, relationships of families and loved ones can also be repaired and restored. As an energy worker and medical intuitive, Dr. Macklin's work focuses on how divine healing works to create positive outcomes and solutions, especially during these challenging times. He utilizes the power of vibration, frequency, and divine sovereignty in helping to maintain physical, mental, and emotional health. And if you're listening to the show, you know that that's right up our alley. He's developed his own protocol for successfully treating viruses like Lyme disease, HIV AIDS, Morgellons, and other difficult-to-treat illnesses. Dr. Macklin's specialty focuses on detoxing the body from environmental, 5G, and vaccine toxicity, and he has a deep understanding of how these toxins break down the body's immune system and lead to catastrophic consequences. Today, Dr. Macklin serves an international client base, helping thousands of people rebalance and heal from various physical, mental, and emotional issues. His clients' testimonials serve as ample proof in understanding the life-changing experiences he's able to facilitate. He and his lovely wife Amanda have founded the Global Enlightenment Project to serve an awakening humanity and to support the healing needs of people all over the earth. For more info, you can check out www.globalenlightenmentproject.com, which obviously will be in the show notes. At globalenlightenment.com, you can learn more about ETs, the good and the bad, manufactured diseases, which is what we want to get into tonight, the Galactic Federation, how to connect with your galactic family, mind control, and many resources for enlightenment, as well as his books. Centering the Mind, Healing of Chronic Stress, Anxiety, and Depression, and History, Truth, and Healing, 
HIV AIDS, Agent Orange, Gulf War Syndrome, Morgellons, and Lyme disease. Uh, do you just want to jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your background, how you got started, and then uh, we can get into some specific stuff a little bit later on. That would be great. Absolutely. So, yeah, so how I started, well, <clears throat> interesting life. Uh, when I was born, uh, two days later, uh, I was attacked. Actually, I'd, uh, well, my father said it was five and my mother said it was eight strokes and I was in hospital for a year. So that was interesting. Um, obviously, wow. I don't remember a lot of it. And then sure. and then life moves on and about year, four years of age, um, I was seeing reptilian beings. I mean, I, I, they look like dinosaur type thing. What the heck's that? Dad, dad, you know, there's a dinosaur in the, in the, the, the corner of my room. And he comes mm -hmm. running up, where is it? I said, but it's there. And I could tell it was real because there was a certain intuition, like a, a very dark feeling in, the, in your chest, like this is not good. It wasn't just imagination. Anyway, you know, it's there. No, no, it's just a bad dream. And it was looking at me and he walked out and said, just go back to sleep. You know, it's just a bad dream, darling, you know, but it wasn't. So, yeah. and so... I managed to start managing them, and I realized um, the power of your voice, like, get out of my bedroom, and it went, you know, so, okay, well, that worked, yeah. and so I learned to manage them, you know, because I saw them, you know, subsequent times later. Yeah. Age of four, I burnt my back really badly in hospital for a year again, uh, so, again, probably an attack, um, and, yeah. you know, I'd really, I've got burns at the top of my back, but it's, it's not too bad now, just have to be very careful with some. And then yeah. we move forward. I saw ships in the sky. Dad, Dad, there's a there's a saucer thing in the sky. You know, oh no, it's not there. You know, you couldn't see it, of course. So I realised very quickly, even at that age, I was evolved enough to realise I don't think I should be talking about this stuff because people are looking at strange. Like you've got an amazing imagination, and I knew they'd take me to a psychiatrist or you know take you to somewhere and probably put right. you on drugs even at that age. So I, I stopped talking about it. So I still saw them, you know, and. Uh, Moved forward, um, went to school, severe dyslexia, so I was in the Beadle class uh, because I couldn't spell. And, of course, in England, spelling and English is the thing, right. uh, but just not for me, you know. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, remedial class, but I could do the top group, middle group, and bottom group's maths quicker than anyone in the top group could finish their maths. So I was really good at maths, but hopeless at English. So you move forward, went to high school, got diagnosed with dyslexia, and, you know, they called my parents and said, do you realize he's got dyslexia? What the heck's that, anyway? So we moved forward and, you know, uh, finished school, uh, went to apprenticeship, uh, aircraft apprenticeship fitting stuff, and then uh, got sponsored for a degree. Um, my father said, well, you're too thick to get a degree. I said, oh, I'm going to get one. So I got one. And then got a master's, and, you know, the PhDs were subsequent, you know, working on uh, books and theses and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, when I left, um, when I left university, uh, which is for the master's, I then, you know, um, got into avionic software systems and everything else, worked on the Eurofighter, worked on Airbus A320 and different things with autopilots. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there, I think, there's got to be more than this. I'm not enjoying myself at all, you know. Uh, and I was looking around saying, you know, is this it? And then I worked for Philips Consumer Electronics in Eindhoven and Belgium and, uh, and different companies, Marconi. And just looking around like, there's got to be something better than this. If this is it, it's not. It's not exciting me, you know. Right. But anyway, so I left all that, you know. And after I'd earned a fortune of money, because in those days you got paid a fortune. Now, you know, um, software engineers are two a penny. Experienced ones aren't, but 
anyway, so I left that, started refurbing houses and built a house portfolio, and then I had a really bright idea. Uh, it was more odia. So <laughs> I decided, right, 176 apartments in Manchester, let's have a go at that, you know, thinking I was Trump himself. Well, uh, that didn't go well. But it was in 2007, so I remember the bank phone. You know, these apartments that are worth 220000 they're now worth ninety. You got 14 days to pay all this money back, and it was millions of pounds. I thought, oh, that's not going to happen. Right. I remember even joking with the bank, well, I've got £10 in my pocket, which is like $14. Would that help? And he goes, uh, no, you got 14 <laughs> days. Anyway, it issued a stat demand, went to court, went bankrupt, uh, lost our house, lost everything, lost the marriage, and uh, ended up in living out of a car for you know quite a long time, probably a couple of years. And I used to stay, you know, sometimes I'd go and drive somewhere and someone would well, what's your, what's your story? I do healings because I was developing my healing abilities. I do healings. I did healings on people. They, they got me a hotel room. I had somebody who popped me up for a few weeks here and somebody else a few weeks there, you know. So, but sometimes you're just, you know, living out of a car. It was, it was crazy. But it taught me a lot, you know, and you might think, wow, bankruptcy. It taught me so much about stuff. And honestly, stuff just doesn't actually matter. I mean, I remember when I first went bankrupt, I had a Bentley. And, you know, it's a very expensive bit of tin on wheels. And it was yeah. parked in the parking lot. And I couldn't even afford to put gas. I mean, I was so embarrassed. I thought, why on earth did I buy that? But anyway, you know, we all need education. So anyway, I moved on from that. And then, um, and then after, you know, about four or five years of real training, I meditated every day, managed to rent a room on uh, Social Security, and uh, really trained myself to really focus on the healing. I meditate every day, and it was incredible, incredible time. Could do ext extraordinary things. And then, um, then I started traveling a bit. Um, this guy sponsored me. He said, I want you to go to Belize and meet some people. So I went there, and I, I went to Thank India, you. went all over Europe, you know, doing healings and teachings. And then uh, I met this lady in Belize, and she was from America. She's actually from Hollister, where, you know, where right. the ministry building is, near Branson. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Come and stay with my father." So I came to stay with my father. You know, she got a, um, she got a. a, a she, we went to the local Unity Church, and I did a, you know, a presentation and did some healings, and and then I met Mandy, and you know, and we started started the Global Alignment Project. Um, well, it started off as Christopher Macklin Ministries, which is the ministry, and uh, as a five one c three, we registered for that, and then it just moved on, and then we registered a, 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 a what they call a fictitious name in the state which is called global enlightenment project so and that's what we've called it ever since so you know and it's really to do healings on people enlighten them you know but one thing i remember jeremiah is that i really remember it well i went for a reading 20 years ago before all this happened you know and sure. this woman sat there and she you know she's talking to the spirit oh thank you you know wrote some things down oh, oh thank you wrote some things down wrote some so, well, um, you're going to get remarried, okay? And she said, um, you're going to move to America. What? Oh, okay, right. And you're going to love off donations. What? <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, this is when I was earning big money and, you know, I said, sure. oh, okay, and, and you're going to do healings and work for God. I'm like, oh, okay, you know. Wow, was she right? <laughs> Not one thing was wrong. I'll never forget that reading ever in my life. It was really funny. But, of course, at the time, you think, well, you know, I can't see this happening. But it did, you know. But I think sometimes, you know, when you get a big event in your life, it's life-changing. And would I want to do it again? Absolutely not. 
Was it tough? Absolutely. But but I'll tell you what, it was the best event of my life. It changed my whole life. I don't care about stuff. I don't like uh, accounting. I pay accountants $23,000 a year to do all the account. The ministry not interested. I've got an IT guy who does all the IT, not interested in that either. All I do is focus on the healings, the, the, the things, your passion that gives you joy. And, uh, you know, I found a recipe, so it's amazing. That gives you a sort of summary of it. <laughs> so what brought you to Branson specifically? Because I would think, you know, you would say like, oh, sure, well, maybe I'll move to, you know, the suburbs of New York or L.A. or something like that. What? Well, it was the lady. It was actually the lady. It's funny, you know, I think it just, just all happened. I think it was the lady who... Um, uh, allowed me to stay with my father because I came back and stayed with her for a bit, you know, for a mm. year or two. And it, it was a real blessing because, uh, you know, I saw the culture. I love the culture over here. Um, you know, I don't fit in well with the British culture. I might speak like a British person still, mm. and people love the accent, but, you know, I don't act like a British person. I'm very relaxed. Uh, you know, I love what I do. People are way more open here. So, um, so, so. You know, once I'd been here, I, I loved Hollister. You know, Hollister's a small town. It's, it's only about half a mile from Branson, but mm -hmm. it's quite quaint, and uh, it's got some lovely people in it. Uh, Branson is more like a what I call a, probably a poor Las Vegas, you know. People <laughs> come and, you know, the, there's has-beens or wannabes, but there's not is-beings, you know. There's not superstars sure. here. There's just people <laughs> People who are expired and, oh, well, let's, let's go to theater and have a go. <laughs> You've got the bald knobbers down there, so you can't go wrong with the bald knobbers. I, I don't know what the bald knobbers are, but I just know that I've seen that sign down there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think there's about 40 theaters here. I mean, it's crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. I know the Osmonds are down here, some of the Osmonds doing stuff, and, uh, you know, different people who have apparently been, um, you know, well, um, well on TV and things like this. And, you know, of course, they've got old and they've just decided to run a show and you know, try and still be in it, you know, so, but, uh, but Hollister's lovely. Oh, I was just going to say, from what I understand, Yakov Smirnoff made quite a living for himself down there, so. Oh, yeah. Um, the old Russian my wife's met him, actually. He's quite funny, you know, apparently, so, uh -huh. but yeah, I've met a few people. I've met Jay Osmond, a few people, but they're just people, bless them, you know, and, uh, you know, they've, Sure. I think most of them have their day, but they're still trying to entertain people. You know, we get 7 million visitors a year in Branson. I mean, that's oh, a lot. absolutely. So, so they must be doing some good stuff, but um, just not for me, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So we want to kind of focus a little bit later on Morgellons, but is there anything that you like is specifically on your mind today or something you feel like you want to get out? I know you talk about 5G, UFOs, Galactic Federation, stuff like that. Is there anything like that you want to get into? Yeah, probably a few things, if that's okay. I mean, Absolutely. the first thing I, I would say to people, because it's important, you know, one thing I'm realizing that, you know, spiritual people, if you're a starseed, how many times do I hear this in a week? You know, new clients, I don't fit in here. God dropped me off at the wrong planet. I don't recognize it. Well, <laughs> it's not your planet, you know, but you were crazy enough to volunteer and say, well, yeah, I'll come to Mother Earth. I always tell people, look, next time, God, if, when you're back up there, you know, and they say, look, I want volunteers, <laughs> run to the bathroom, pretend you've got diarrhea, close the door and stay in there until all the volunteers are done. <laughs> no, it's just a joke. Uh, I mean, I love being here. I love it, honestly. Sure. 
I love it. You know, uh, it's not easy. You know, and people think you know it's like running a spiritual business. Is it easy? Absolutely not. I mean, it, you know, doing this job was a breeze. I mean, we work on about two thousand people a week. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got anxiety. They don't know what to do themselves. They're lonely. They're secluded, isolated, and uh, you know, it's difficult to find like-minded people. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, round round us. You know, people think, "Wow, you must have loads of friends." Um, that would be four, you know, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, to me, one of the keys to success in this life, I think, is a um, finding what your gift is—that absolute passion that gets mm-hmm. you excited to get up in the morning. Find that passion. You know, whatever the gift is, it's exciting. If it's chefing, if it's you know, if it's sculpturing, painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, growing food, you know, some people just love being in the garden, you know, um, mine is healing and, you know, I don't do anything else but healing and and I love it. And so, although people are angsty and, you, you know, it drains you quite a lot nowadays, mm-hmm. I still think, you know, it really excites me the fact that you can actually help people move forward with life because, you know, the day of the guru is gone, you know, it's done, you know, you don't need a guru, you are your own guru. So, once you start realizing that and releasing emotion that triggers you, so you, you know you stop getting upset, you can relax, knowing God's got your back. But the biggest key, I think, is gratitude. Get in that gratitude. If you've got food on the table, and believe you me, I've had it several times where I haven't eaten anything for 21 days, 15 days, seven days, whatever, over the over that bankrupt period, and it's really tough, you know. And it's and I'm not having a home, so. If you've got a car, a home, and you know food on the table, you've got everything. You know you don't need anything else. And I think, to me, that's that's a really important fact. You know, stay in gratitude. Think about gratitude every day. And I don't mean just hold a gratitude stone. God, you got five minutes. I'm grateful. My <laughs> wife. You know, my car. The the the. the uh, we're done. You know, that's all time I've got for you. That that's not gratitude. That's 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 cheap talk. Gratitude to me is a way of life. It's a feeling. It's like, wow, thank you, God, for all these blessings. We're building a new house. The Amish are building it. Am I grateful for it? Absolutely. And it's not about the house, actually. It's about the experience of watching the Amish with smiley faces and having fun with them and their accuracy, their workmanship, you know, uh, their energy. You know, this new house, the energy in it is just incredible. So, you know, gratitude is key. But uh, another thing I'd like to mention, if I may, of course, is that um, they're switching CERN on at the moment. Now, they say it's a particle accelerator. Well, of course it is. Uh-huh. What does it do? It opens portals to different dimensions, especially the fourth dimension. So what's happening is that you're getting a slew of entities coming through. So the attacks, the, the, um, the attacks on people from external entities is 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 really uh, increased exponentially so one of the things i say to people is we have a bunch of prayers i don't like the word prayer i like the word map of intent we've got maps of intent on the website please use them they're there you know they're there to help you there's a spiritual attack prayer there's 27 esoteric merkabah field prayer and that's the most powerful prayer we have to keep these things out if you say that three times a day morning mid-afternoon evening it'll keep them out uh, you know, we've got things like, um, you know, a general group healing, Thursday, 5 p.m. Central Time, Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. Jump on those, you know, because they help people as well. And we cover most things. Do we cover everything? No. But, you know, I do it for an hour and we cover most things. It's by donation. If you have no money, 
don't never shame yourself because you know what I've got the t-shirt on that one <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know just come on and you know we're here to help you know we're here to help we're actually here to help you get back to your guru sovereign self you know um, and I'm just a helper you know a facilitator to do that so you know um, yeah but you know remember about the NTs that they are picking up speed they are getting more aggressive and I'm seeing it and I'm also seeing a lot of stomach issues at the moment Mm-hmm. Uh, with things like, uh, well, a couple of things. One is if you have an empty attachment, it sits in the abdomen, so it paralyzes your lower intestine. So as food goes further down, it backs up, you feel blur, doesn't, don't absorb your nutrients, burns holes in the intestinal lining, can get diverticulitis because you know it gets worse, becomes pockets in the intestinal lining. It affects the gallbladder emotion, so the bile can be too thick where you get, you know, it goes, goes too slow down the bile duct, stops, goes hard, backs up the gallbladder, are bits of alcohol gallstones and on top of that yeah we've got another one which is it affects the pancreas so the pancreas produces enzymes uh, to go into the uh, intestine and of course okay. if it's paralyzed the enzyme count is lower so a lot of people are reporting like acid reflux a lot of gurgling and windy stuff you know um and so you know it's just important to you know know that it's 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 unprecedented times and who's not taking an emotion that's why we're supporting people to get through this transitional period so you know um i think it's important to try and maybe if you're on your own join online groups you know like we have a group which is free of charge you join on uh friday afternoon it's called uh heart sharing circle and People just share things. They do meditation. You know, we've got my uh, mother-in-law who just pleases it, making sure people are, are not being abusive. And, and it's a wonderful, you know, it's like it's like trying to get people connected again. You know, I think it's really important. Can you, I'm curious to kind of go back a little bit. Can you talk about how you first came to healing <laughs> as your passion, how you discovered that you had a knack for it? or Because he kind of... Kind of breezed over it a little bit, I feel like. And that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I read, uh, you talk about finding the thing that you're passionate about. And I remember I read Dr. Ken Robinson's book, The Element, where he talked about the same thing, how, you know, musicians came to music or cartoonists, writers, whatever it is that they did. Um, and it seems like finding the thing that you're passionate about is the hardest part because society kind of pushes you towards a certain path. You know, don't do music. You won't be a musician. Be an engineer. Be mm-hmm. oh yeah. Other, you know, I think necessarily what you really want. I think there's a you know pe- people don't realize it's interesting because you know going back to that. Let me, I'll just answer that bit first. Going back to that lady who said you're going to live off donations. Oh, don't be so. You know, my my first thought is don't be so ridiculous. You can't live off donations, and we do. You know, completely live off donations. And so, I believe that you know it's all about faith to be able to step outside your comfort zone and say, yeah, I've got a passion for you know, maybe making furniture. You know, whatever it is, growing food. Um, you know, chefing anything. The, you know where love goes money flows and i think you know if you if you have the love in it you know you'll you'll make it you, you won't be a multi-millionaire but you'll do okay you know you really will you know so i think that's really important so how did i find my gift one of the things that's really important about gifts i think is you know most people who are star seeds are looking for their gifts uh, if people are just growing like the average human being then they might not be looking for their gifts but star seed people i would really recommend that 
um, and I did this with the Bikils that beings. I was, there's five of us here. I was born as a Bikils that being. Now, um, I didn't know this. I knew I was different, but um, I learned a lot about it in Belize because I went to a Mayan temple called Chetantovic. And um, it's in Belize. Uh, it's in, you know, it's near San Ignacio. And I stayed there. And I went up there several times in a week and I got visions. I mean, I'm not joking. I went back to the hotel and it was like a 3D vision. It was actually the room. It just looked... And they were showing me my past lives and different things. This is what you did then. This is what you did now. And I thought, wow, you know, um, oh, okay. <laughs> so meant to be doing the same thing because I have the same type of gifts. It's just... And then what you need to do is use that information. Um, it doesn't... You know, who cares what you... Oh, I was so-and-so in past life. Who cares? You know, it, what matters is what you do now. Because we've been coming back as starseeds for the last 4,000 years at different times because it's been changing so fast. Uh, in preparation for right now and so to me it matters what you do now but I think with knowledge from what you've done in the past like you've been a medicine woman or Native American medicine woman or something else or man uh, if you've been a you know whatever you've been doing um, I think if you use those skills and normally you've been doing it you know for all those lifetimes to to brush up on the abilities and so now once you know that you can actually focus on say oh that's my gift and once, once you meditate with your starseed family, so you've got to really find out what your starseed family are. Not an easy thing. I was going to do a meditation for that, but we haven't done it yet. It's been written. But uh, to be honest, I just haven't I've been in the space. I've been so busy helping people and supporting and everything else. But, you know, if you meditate, will they come straight away? Um, no. Why is that? Because they don't want to... It sounds brutalist. <laughs> I always say it. They don't want to waste their time uh, connecting to somebody who's just going to flake out and not bother, you know. So they wait. So you meditate one day, maybe two hours. Mine were four hours. Meditate, so I'm here, clear my mind. And don't forget, don't listen to meditate. Clear your mind. Like, you know, if you've got something on your mind, write it down, put it on the table so you can actually clear your mind and have it open. Okay, guys, I'm here. Nothing happened. So I did it the next day. Nothing happened. Two weeks later, nothing happened. I was going... Well, I know you'll appear one day, so I'm in for the long haul. Uh, we're doing this. And so after a few days, they started contacting me and weird stuff started to happen. I got downloads. I got visions. Um, I was even lying in this room. I'm not joking. And there was a vortex, what looked like huge um, drops of rain, a vortex coming into this room. And it was going into my body. And I go, it's not raining, is it? What is this? You know, and I realized it was an energetic upgrade, but I watched it for about two hours and then it just stopped. And I thought, wow, that was, a... and you could, you know, really see it, you know, clear as day. And, uh, you know, other amazing things happen. And, uh, you know, they protect you as well. And once they start downloading, they were speaking to me about cause and effect, show me dream in the dream state. They were training me as well, like the cause of leukemia. What's that? You know, why? Why does your blood cell count go down? Well, um, I learned that, you know, if your liver goes below 20% functionality, what happens is so much toxin in your body, it starts to kill off your stem cells. So, uh, you know, so uh, your, your, your hemoglobin and white blood cell count goes off. And so, um, so you know, we we got a method to fix it. And, uh, you know, I fixed many people with that sort of thing. Same with cancer, say, with um, things like MS, Parkinson's, I'll, you know, they're, and muscular dystrophy all caused normally 99% by Lyme disease. 
Um, so it's it's really interesting. So they you know they show you cause and effect, and then you know you can't heal someone if you don't know what's causing it. Like people say, oh, you've got autoimmune disorder. Okay, so why is my immune system attacking my body? It doesn't do it for no reason. It does it because there's something it doesn't like in your muscles or in your connective tissue or in your brain. So, you know, it's understanding that, you know, the stealth pathogens and pathogens they get in the muscles, immune attacks it, gets in the male and sheath, you know, around the um, spinal cord, attacks that, breaks it down so you can't walk, you know, you're having terrible issues with everything because, of course, you need the sheath around all the nerves to be able to protect them. So um, we've rebuilt them. We've got people out of wheelchairs, you know, got rid of the Lyme, uh, using the new protocol, which I'll explain about later when we get on to more gallons. Uh, it's 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 really you know you can't just send them a bit of energy. It doesn't work like that. You've got to really investigate cause and effect. Okay, how can I rebuild this? How can I get rid of these pathogens, stealth pathogens? How can I fry that cancer tumor? And you know, it's understanding you know the cause and effect of everything. Really, I mean, do I know everything? Of course I don't. But you know, I think I've got a good understanding over these years. Absolutely. So, in your healing. I noticed that one of the things was using frequencies. Is this kind of like a binaural frequency that you would, uh, you know, play like maybe on an instrument or is this like frequency that you're laying hands on people? Can you go in depth with that a little bit? Find out after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Yeah, how I do it for safety is I use portals. So what I do is, you know, the Bakil's Death Beings hang around in the ultimate dimension. And so okay. what I do is open a portal, eight portals, from the ultimate dimension and put it around people and close it off under these. Then what we do is put 27 esoteric Merkabar fields around them, which has got eight points. And then what I do is bond each portal into each point of the Merkabar field. So that, what, what that does is allows the Mechizedek beings, with the vibration of that portal in the Merkabar field, to be able to come down and do things. So of course, there's a different frequency vibration, a different time-space continuum there. So they're in their time-space continuum, and they can come down and do things on your body. And once you raise someone's vibration of the body by giving them energy, it means that, you know, your body's in symbiote with them for that time, and so they can go in and do psychic surgery. Like arthritis, they can break it down. Uh, it's, it's incredible. But, but it's understanding that, you know, uh, it's understanding how to get them from their high-dimensional, high-frequency place into uh, a lower-vibration body, which you've got to raise first. Otherwise, it would be like them trying to go into a brick wall. Right. So that's, that's, that's the way we do it. Yeah, yeah. So... So it's, you know, it's all about frequency. I mean, the energies I use, I use ultimate dimension energy. Um, it's about frequencies. It has a plethora of frequencies. You know, the thing is about, I mean, sound healing is great. You know, it really helps. Mm -hmm. But but these machines, in my opinion, uh, don't do enough. You know, they send a frequency out. Uh, it's not enough. Because if you think about God's energy, you know, imagine how many harmonics, subharmonics, imagine how complex that energy is. Um, we use right. a thing called space-time continuum energy as well, which is a little bit different. I discovered it because I needed a way to kill off pathogens and 
And people with stealth pathogens, what it does, you know, like Guerrilla Lyme, HIV, AIDS, Agent Orange, and of course Morgellons. If you've got Morgellons, you've got Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. If you apply that energy to uh, stealth pathogens, pathogens or particles, it will break them down molecular-wise. The problem is if you use normal energy, what happens with stealth pathogens, you get huge die-off. So if you kill them with normal energy, you're going to get so much die-off that people get so sick, they get brain fog, neurotoxins, and everything else. So gotcha. the tachyon energy allows to break them down without uh, creating that level of uh, neurotoxin. And in fact, now, I mean, it used to take twice a week, uh, one, one month for every year of had it. So if you had it 20 years, it could take two years. Some people mm -hmm. have had it 40 years, it took them four years way too long so the new protocol we developed uh does it within about 20 weeks um, it finishes sometimes if you had it a bit longer it might take a little bit longer but you know um, it gets rid of uh, these diseases really quickly compared with the old you know idea i i notice that you know we talked a little bit before the show started about how people with more gallons just basically I mean, I, I hope that their doctor's not laughing at them, but it, it almost just sounds like the doctors are just like, don't even come in here with that stuff. It's it's a mental illness. You're sick. I just wonder with people that have been, because you, you mentioned, you know, someone having more gallons for 20 years or 40 years. I could not imagine having it for one day. And I know there's, uh, you know, mental illnesses that are associated with it, but I just wonder what like the suicide rate is because it just seems like it's absolute torture. I think, you know, my personal opinion is Morgellons is the worst disease on the planet. The worst. It makes anything else look like Mary Poppins. And I think, you know, um, I did have one guy, God bless him. He was working and he didn't do the healings often enough. Mm -hmm. He would do them, he'd get better and then he would stop because he had to go to work and then he'd do things, right. never heard from him and then he came back when, you know, the stuff was oozing out of his face, all these nylon, you know, strips yeah. and things like this. And we do it again. Uh, uh, one day I, I was mortified. I found that he, he'd shot himself. He blew his head off. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, I, I, it took me about three or four days because I met the guy and he was such a sweetheart. But, again, very on edge, you know. It gives people psychosis. And I don't blame them because, you know, think about if your body, you know, Morgellons, first of all, this is what's called transhumanism, you know, so the particles grow in your body, you know, mm -hmm. um, and the particles have uh, many things attached to them. It's got carbon, you know, or graphene, same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got nylon 36-33. Now, you think, well, how the heck do you get nylon to grow, you know, and the answer is they bind it molecularly in a certain way that it grows in the body. Uh, it's got silicates. Uh, it's got... Um, many different it's also got beryllia which is a spirochete of lime disease so I, I call it live dead stuff it it's, doesn't have a soul uh, but it's alive and it's also AI you know it, it knows what's happening um, mm -hmm. and so when it grows in the body what do you need for growth you need oxygen you need uh, water you need warmth and the body's got all that and you need carbon which it's got so this stuff grows and it grows through you know it grows through your tissue that's why people say, why can't you just detox more gallons? You can't because it's part of you. It, it's right. becoming part of you. It's grown through your tissue. So if you rip it out, you bleed out so bad. Mm -hmm. So we had to find a way of frying it, which we used to with, with space-time continuum energy. It did it. Or um, the new protocol, what it does, 
is it splits your timeline in two. So we split your timeline in two in the Akashic Records. You go on a path of divine alignment, complete wellness. We give you energy, the tachyon energy, the space-time continuum energy, and uh, we detox the body. And then where all the particles, stealth pathogens, pathogens, uh, anything else, bacterial, mold, parasites, everything else, including toxins, is eradicated on the timeline. On the other timeline, the sun, what we do is we separate the particles out of the body on that timeline. Now, it goes slow. People say, well, if that's the case, why don't you just move the timeline, you know, and speed it up beyond the speed of light to infinity so the things will go? You can't, because if you if you separate that body too quickly, you're going to bleed out. So they separate it at the rate that your body can handle it. So little okay. by little, it draws it out of the body. And it's had, I mean, I've been doing it for, what, three and a half years now. It's had tremendous success. We've got rid of, you know, one guy, I'll give you an idea. As well as the particles, people got Morgellons, you can get the black goo. Now, I don't, you guys know what black goo are, is or? Well, I mean, if we're talking about like the X-Files kind of definition, I, I think that's what Ryan and I would associate it with. Not that all of our research is on the X-Files, but <laughs> sort of a, uh, a, like an, almost like Venom, like the, the, uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's basically the center of the planets. It's, it's the heart of the planets, the consciousness of the planet. They call it black goo. Oh, planet okay. Earth has it, but, but it's got a higher consciousness. And what's happened is that the Greys, uh, when they destroyed their planet, now they're destroying ours, trying to destroy ours, but they've, they've been they've been got rid of, um, they've been banned from this planet. But but what what happened is they brought their black goo, their um, tumultuous consciousness black goo of their planet here, and so mm -hmm. of course this 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 black goo is is not good, you know. So and they they bind that into it. Another problem with Morgellons as well, you might think, well, why did you use timeline splitting? Well, Morgellons, the new Morgellons has an element, a metallic element from the greys that is also bound to it. So if you apply anything and it gets uh, it gets in danger, it can switch dimensions. It can go out of this dimension in a, so it'll be the same place, but different time. Now, if it switches out of this dimension, if you're applying space-time continuum energy to it to fry it, it's not there. So you, you're just kind of doing nothing. And, you know, I discovered that uh, several years ago. Uh, they've been developing Morgellons. Of course, mm -hmm. DARPA is the main person who, who developed the particles from the paperclip project, everything else. And um, so we had to find a way of locking those particles on a timeline. So even if they switch dimensions, when they come back, they're still on the timeline to the sun and they can't get off it. And uh, mm -hmm. it's interesting because we discovered it. Because one of the ladies with Morgellons, she was very psychotic, God bless her. And um, I played the Akashic Record clearing, you know, and get the accused that beast to go in and clear future timelines. The stuff went nuts. It lit up like a, a torch, and she got really hot, and it was all, you know, she could feel that these particles didn't like the Akashic Record. Oh, my God, I mean, why don't you like the Akashic Records? Because we've been looking for a, a faster solution to it. And so after a lot of digging and meditation and understanding, and my wife and I developed it, uh, we've now developed a protocol where it can lock it on a timeline and separate it out. Once it hits the sun, it's toast, you know. So, um, and we had to another. That, that was another thing. What do you do with the particles? You know, if you put them in the sea, it, they can clean the sea or they can clean water uh, in seconds, minutes, and so that's no good because these particles need a job or they need to be toast because they they don't like. Be you know they 
they don't know where they are. You know, they've been manufactured, but they've got consciousness. So that was the solution. Um, send them to the sun, cleanse them out, and we're good to go, you know. So it's really interesting. It seems like most people that go to the doctor with Morgellons just end up getting, like, psych meds. Is that yeah. kind of your experience? Oh, yeah. And, you know, of, of course, they've got heart issues because, you know, with Morgellons, of course, these particles um, can, you know, assemble around the heart. I mean, you know, the new COVID jab is, is Morgellons. It's, 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 it, and it's got an activation system called CRISPR technology, which splices your genetics. One more thing about this is, is interesting. So why do some people get more gallons and some people don't? And yet it's sprayed in the atmosphere, you know, um, through, you know, chemtrails and all this sort of stuff. They they put the particles. So everyone's, I've got particles. You know, mm-hmm. you've got particles. Ryan, you've got particles, but you haven't got more gallons. So why is that? Uh, it depends on your immune response. So you, if your DNA is robust, therefore RNA and therefore immune system, then... The immune response will to keep them dormant and they can't replicate. So what you need is something to damage the DNA. Now, it used to be agrobacterium, which is in either in GMO foods or is in vaccines. And over a period of time, uh, that will damage the DNA enough, uh, you know, the genetics to RNA and therefore immune system doesn't have the response, stuff replicates and you're in trouble with it. Same with Lyme disease, you know, everyone's got beryllium in their body, but not everyone gets Lyme disease. And it's all about uh, how robust your body is, and you know DNA, RNA, and immune system. So, so yeah, that's a that's a kind of interesting point. So, but you know, with the protocol, of course, if those people have got damaged DNA, if you strip it out, great. But if it's being sprayed on you, it's gonna come back because. So what we do after about ten weeks of timeline splitting, once you've separated enough stuff out of the body that uh, your vibration's high enough, then what we do is invoke a DNA change. Now, what does that mean? Well, they go in where the first cell where life began. They repair all the chromosomes. They connect all the helixes together, and they reset the DNA of that cell back to the blueprint in the Akashic Records before you were born. And so that means that's reset. And then the the cells around it, cells around it. So that takes about 10 weeks as well. So it's quite a big program. I have to work on people like three times a day, every day, for about 20 weeks. So it's a lot of work, but my goodness. Once, you know, once uh, the DNA is repaired, you will never get it again as long as you don't eat GMO food. So you think, well, okay, how can I guarantee that? Because, you know, people sell any old stuff. So how do you guarantee it? We have a food prep or a map of the tent. So it removes any particles that are not godlike, any modifications that are godlike, optimizes the vibration, and blesses the soul of the animals and the plants and the food to allow our body nutrition. And by doing that, you know, it's it's safeguard you because you know, honestly, nowadays everyone everyone's well not everyone, but a lot of people, deep state people are supplying food that's you know, they're saying is organic when it's not. Who knows, you know. So you can't trust anything anymore. So you just have to go with, you know, using maps of intent to me to make sure you're eating good food and it's not, it's not got uh, agrobacterium in it. I don't know if we've defined what Morgellons disease yeah, let's, is. Yeah, well, let's go through it. Look at yet. the basics. And it'd probably be better to do it with... Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I can go through what I've found in my research and you can correct me where I'm wrong or add where I've left things out, but... 
generally it's characterized by sores and lesions and those have a fiber or filament kind of projection coming out of them and like you were saying jay they the people who suffer from this are what's a kind way of putting it the doctors try to treat them superficially to kind of keep them happy and quiet they you know some of the videos that i've watched and interviews that i've seen they i mean doctors will more or less admit that they'll give them you know antibiotics or whatever kind of medicines that they can just to make them i guess think that they're being treated because yeah the cdc doesn't recognize it as an official disease and it's treated as basically psychosomatic but i've also seen interviews uh in particular i watched one from nbc where they were talking to a couple people who had it and this woman like you were saying jay she's like so just distraught because she has this condition that she knows she has she's showing these sores that she's getting on her face and on her arms and these fibers that they can see looking at them that are under her skin and she's saying you know when she goes to a doctor like the worst thing she can do is ask about it ask about that disease in particular or bring samples of the fibers in she said those almost immediately or or pictures of them will almost immediately sort of shut down any conversation but it affects they they were saying officially about 20,000 people report having it 80% of those are women and what i did see was that the suicide rate is they didn't have concrete numbers but higher among sufferers because like we're saying nobody treats it very seriously you know a few doctors do in particular there was one from that nbc special where i mean she flat out said i get really excited when i find one of these fibers that's clearly not some kind of lint or a hair that's gotten stuck on the sore and it's really something different but it's just not enough samples of it to really know what it is or what the cause is but there is definitely a connection with Lyme yeah yeah well it's a pa- you know Lyme disease is a pathogen i mean this stuff acts a little bit like fungus you know uh, in some ways um it's it's it, it replicates it's like fungus it replicates in the body so you, you know just gets worse and worse and worse i mean you know, I think it was how many years ago? Fourteen years ago. I learned, I learned my knowledge of Morgellons from a world-leading industrial toxicologist. Now, if you speak to toxicologists or virologists, they, they don't have a clue because they don't look outside the box. They're looking at the, you know, oh well, it's graphene. They're not looking underneath to see molecularly what what's underneath those molecules. Is there anything else? Oh, there's nylons, there's silicates, there's there's all sorts of stuff, plant material. You know, so it's it's really like a parasite. Um, yeah, it grows, and of course, when it's growing, it comes out in lesions. You know, I mean, I've, if it, if if your DNA is damaged, I think it was chromosome thirty three. Uh, what happens is that you get bugs. I mean, this is horrific. I've seen bugs walk out of people's skin. Now they're not. You know, imagine like a a yellow jacket. It's not got a sting, but it's opaque. So it looked like a yellow jacket wasp type thing. Uh, and when they come out, they die because they're basically, they, they're using your you know, body as a mother ship. You know, your body is the ship. 
And so they're using your energy, they're using all you know facilities in the body. As soon as they leave the body, they, they you know they shrivel up and die. But I've seen these things, and it's horrific. You know, like this opaque wasp, uh, like a spidery type thing, coming out of people's skin. You know, of course they're going to be psychotic. Wouldn't you know? I think we all would be. Yeah, and one of the one of the sort of themes of it that I kept running across was mental illnesses that commonly um, are associated with it, or there's a correlation between them. They don't they don't say that there's causation with it, but you know, OCD, things like that. And it just struck me as if you have an affliction, you know, you're, you're having pain, you're having this crawling feeling under your skin that some of them describe. And everybody just says, well, go talk to a psychologist. You might develop all kinds of unusual behaviors or coping mechanisms that people would see as further mental illness and support for their initial idea that they should just dismiss you as being crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, these fibers move, you know. If you've ever seen people take them out, you put them on a Petri dish, it's thrashing around, you know. Um, They move, you know. So it's not just that's why you get the crawly sensations because the stuff's moving in your body. It's it's like a parasite. It acts like a parasite. Uh, But, you know, of course, people try and take ivermectin and things like that. That's not going to touch the stuff. It's way, way too advanced. And I think, you know, I haven't... I haven't seen anyone get rid of Morgellons. I mean, the, the protocol has done it. Um, I had a guy, actually, believe it or not, he, he, did he have particles? I don't think he did. He was full of black goo, and it was replicating. So, and he was that psychotic, you know, he was hypersensitive to electricity, to this and that, you know, and he felt as though people were after him. So his father actually went on a trip with him, bless him. And, you know, his mother wasn't very happy, but his father went on a trip and they stayed in different hotels. His father ran his business from the hotels and they keep moving around because he felt so being followed. Probably was. Um, and every time he stayed in the hotel, he'd get up in the morning, it was just like black all over the sheets where this goo had just come out of his skin. Anyway, he went on the protocol and, um, you know, he was psychotic as well. And what happened is that he was amazing at golf, but couldn't play golf because he was, you know, he's freaked out by it. And uh, now what's happened is uh, he settled down in a place. He's now playing professional golf and uh, the black goose stopped. So we stripped it out. So I was so excited for him, but but he was psychotic. Oh my God, I can't stay for too long. Uh, you know, the electricity, I can feel the electricity, I feel this. And, you know, people get hypersensitive. Even with Lyme, people get hypersensitive to electricity and things. You know, all these things... You know, get, which is gain of function. It's all, you know, pathogens, Epstein Barr, herpes simplex, everything. Pathogens are gain of function. We just used to have bacterial, and now they've turned it in much stronger into pathogens than they do stealth pathogens. The difference between a pathogen and a stealth pathogen is the stealth pathogen is like stealth, it replicates up the wazoo really fast, exponentially, where pathogens just keep replicating slowly and slowly, like Epstein Barr. So many people have got Epstein Barr. You know, if you don't get out of your body, it's going to cause some problems, you know. And, you know, sometimes people, oh, it's only it's only EBV, let's not worry about it. Or herpes simplex, well, you know, you should worry about it. It's all weaponized, you know, gain-of-function systems. You know, same with HIV, that's weaponized, that's gain-of-function system. That was developed, you know, uh, by the same people who developed Agent Orange and Lyme disease. It's not a natural thing on this planet. Now, the other thing about Morgellons is interesting is it's from the grey planet, the greys, you know, uh, the reticular. And if you bring something down here that's different on this planet, 
then you probably don't have the herbs or the plants and things to actually deal with it. You see what I mean? Because it's from another planet. So you're bringing, you know, if you bring, you know, these things to one planet and you don't have anything, what are you going to do about it? The answer is nothing. You know, it's got to be a spiritual component. And that's why it took me a long, long time to develop this protocol. And wow, it's, it's helping a lot of people. It's eradicating them. Dr. Macklin, when you finish your protocol and people have been eradicated of this Morgellons and the all the stuff that comes with it physically, you know, the, the sores, the fibers, the crawling of the skin, how long does it take them or is it a lifetime of like psychological recovery? Well, I, I would say, I mean, the, the maximum time... I had one lady, and she, I think she's probably had the worst Morgellons of anybody. She was about 72, and uh, she came on the protocol. Stuff was coming out of her like you wouldn't believe. I, the eyeballs, like ropes of stuff coming out of the eyeballs, everything. Her nails blew off, you know, because the stuff was coming out of the nails. So all the nails fell off. Um, it came out, and um, it took, because she had it for so long, after the 20-week program, it took one more year to get the whole stuff out. And now she's, 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 I think there's such a relief that, wow, it's gone, that, you know, people relax and, wow, you know, and so she's, she just, you know, she's, she's just full of so much joy and she's living in the woods, doesn't want to be in, you know, uh, out in the, the, the matrix and yeah, she's, uh, she's blown away, but it took her a year, you know, I thought, well, it's probably going to be two or three months after the protocol, no, because she had so many particles and things in her body and, you know, nylon. I mean, those ropes, the white ropes that come out are nylon 36, 33, they're bound together with the particles. So all this stuff is growing. And, you know, it's like a shirt is nylon 9. And you think, well, how do you make this stuff replicate? Well, you bind it in such a way that it's, it, it grows. You know, the molecular structure of that uh, component grows. And so, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy stuff. Well, people are going to kind of look at that and say, oh, that's impossible. But think about this. This is a known fact. They have bred goats that have spider DNA and their milk produces, uh, I believe it's spiders. Maybe it was silkworms. But in any case, basically splice the DNA and now these, these goats in their milk is a huge supply of silk that people can use so they don't have to collect it you know, in the, in the little tiny amounts from, you know, like breeding the silkworms or the spiders or whatever. So that's yeah. a known fact that's out there. So, I mean, if that can happen, then why couldn't any of this other stuff? Oh yeah, it can. <clears throat> I mean, some people believe it. Some people say, nah, you're not some, you know, for the people who say I'm not some, I think you're right. You know, maybe I am not, you know, uh, my father said I'm not, he thinks I'm barking mad. You know, he said one day, he said, do you know what you're barking mad? I said, God, that's the biggest compliment, Dad, you've ever given me, you know, because uh, it was like, thanks, Dad, because normally you're saying you're too thick, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shoulda, shoulda, but, you know, and I, I don't ever do shoulda, woulda, you know, I just do, I'm, I'm, I'm a doer, I get on with stuff. I was speaking to somebody this morning, actually, and they said, well, I hope, I said, oh, forget the word hope, you're either doing it or you're not, Let, let's do it, you know, make it happen, you know, because I've learned, I mean, hope's probably a, a, a transitional word for, well, you know, maybe I'll get there. It's a start, but it's not powerful enough. You know, you need to, we're doing it. I'm going to get there full stop. There is no doubt. And I think that's really important 
policing all your thoughts and, you know, staying positive. You know, once you find your passion, your whole life will change. You know, if you find the right person in your life, you know, I mean, I, I had a marriage in England, fell apart. I've got Mandy. Um, when I was getting together with her, it was like merging two planets together. And I'm, I'm not joking. I crashed my car. Uh, for heaven's sake, don't tell State Farm. But, you know, uh, because I was just all over the place. Because we were trying to merge, you know, it was like it, we were the counter of each other's part. And so it's almost like bringing a whole together, you know. Yes, we're individuals, but, you know, we're so bonded together. It's unbelievable. So that was a real experience. And, of course, when you're discombobulated, what happens? Oh, the entities start to really attack you, and we got attacked. And it, it was an interesting time. Uh, but, you know, we got through it, and now we're strong as anything. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's one of the keys, foundation. Absolutely. Now, jumping back in with these doctors, I, I think that people have this idea that doctors, you know, in their white coats are completely incorruptible. And I think we're seeing now with this, uh, you know, the release about the vaccine uh, incentives where, you know, these doctors get like $75 a vaccine if they vaccinate 80% of their clientele and, and stuff like that. But are these doctors kind of being told to keep their mouths shut about Morgellons or is it just like honest mistakes on everybody's part? Oh no, they've been told to keep their mouth shut. I mean, I've seen it so many times. I do have a couple of doctors I work with. One, one's actually in um, New York in um, Manhattan and uh, the guy's a genius, absolute mm -hmm. genius. And I've worked with him on some of his patients, you know, got rid of it. And uh, there's been a couple of others as well. But uh, people were scared to even talk about it. And, you know, the thing is about me, I mean, you know, I've learned that if you have absolute faith, nothing's going to touch you. It won't, you know. And I think also, if, if you go, oh, my God, they're watching me, you're going to manifest your demise. If you say, you know what, they can't touch me full stop. God's got my back. Then, then that's important as well. And I think, you know, the other thing I talk about is the, in quotes, couldn't give a shitometer, you know. So once you get to a point where that blows up, and it's not that you don't care about people, it's just you don't care really about anything because everything's just great, you know. And you get into that, you know, blissy state. I mean, you know, I think, I think you made it, you know. You really have. So what can we do to... I guess, prevent this from activating within ourselves. We, we need to uh, watch what we eat. I mean, if we've had GMOs, then we're just out of luck anyway, right? Because, I mean, pretty much all of well, us have. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a while to damage the DNA with agrobacterium and GMO foods. And, of course, don't, you know. And, again, I can't tell you not to take vaccines, but, you know, um, but yeah. uh, you know, just don't. You know, <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not a better doctor, go sleep doctor. But you know, from my perspective, uh, I think they're all laced with these. And don't forget, the COVID vaccine is now based on Morgellons particles. You got graphene oxide nanospheres and graphene oxide nanotubes, and you've got CRISPR technology. So what does all that mean? And of course, you've got glycoethylene to stop the immune response while the stuff's delivered, and you've got hydrogel. Um, delivering the particles to do the same thing so the immune doesn't see it because it's covered in hydrogel for now that all that's all toxic as well of course and you've got CRISPR technology so what does that actually mean well if you get injected with this bioweapon vaccine and it believe it or not it's a bioweapon so there's a couple of things one is 
the graphene oxide nanotubes have CMOS arrays in them, you know, like computers inside them. You think, well, it's that small? I mean, it's 10 to the minus 9 small. You need an electron microscope to view the stuff, you know, but anyway, they grow it. They grow these things, and they grow the molecules and, you know, uh, bind it all together. And so those uh, tubes can transmit with C frequencies. It can monitor your body. It can see if you had sex, what, what your heart rate is, what your liver function is, any compounds in your body. That's why they want 5G, because then they can read your body over 5G. Now, that's one thing. The second thing is nanospheres. What are they for? Oh, well, um, think about a football. I mean, it's, it's a football, but 10 to the minus 9 small. It's got an antenna in the center, which is gold, and it's linked to all the... What they do is, you know, putting it bluntly, they, they put 92 holes in the sphere. Okay. So it's like drilling 92 holes into a football, uh, putting a, you know, a cover over it uh, with a wire into the center, and each cover activates at a different frequency. Now, what they're doing is loading a ton of viruses, up to 92 viruses in a nanosphere. So you can imagine if you've got thousands of them in your body and you get a 5G frequency that triggers one particular one, you're going to get whatever it is, who knows, whatever they put in, anthrax, uh, two malaria. I was dusted with two malaria. Uh, it's, it's a bioweapon. And that's why I had a, a lump on the side of my face. It collected there. I'm actually reducing it now. But again, because it's a bioweapon, you can't just break this stuff down quickly because it makes you sick. So you have to break it down very slowly at the rate your body can you know, discharge it. But they put all sorts of bioweapon units. So, you know, if they want to uh, take people out, they just shine a particular frequency at you, and you're going to get sick. So how do we know that? Well, there was a group of nuns, I think six nuns, and, you know, I was working with Dr. Hildy. Uh, like I say, the woman's a genius. I mean, you know, an absolute genius. But mm -hmm. she came across six nuns, and uh, they were dusted. By, because they left the Vatican, they were dusted by the Vatican with, they call it smart dust, you know, um, the graphene oxide nanospheres and they shined a different frequency on each nun and each nun got a different uh, illness that was critical and so luckily Hildy knew you know it was like tumor or you know uh, anthrax or different things so luckily Hildy knows how to deal with the, these toxins very quickly and, and they, they didn't pass and they took the Vatican to court and because she knew the frequencies and everything else they won and they won a settlement so it just shows you that this this stuff goes on. You know, it's crazy. So why should they put these in the you know in the in the jab? And the answer is because it's like a loaded bomb. You know, if they want to wipe out certain areas or you know certain people, or whatever, they can just switch on a frequency and you can get very sick. If you release ninety two viruses in the body, uh, I don't think you'll make it. You know, because so you know it's 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 a time ticking bomb. So just something to think about. You know, I think. Um, and the stuff's real. I mean, we've seen it under microscopes, you know, and everything. So it's it's crazy stuff. Is it about control or population control or both? Oh, it's about rid of the population. People say, well, why do they want to get rid of it? The they want 90% of the population gone. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, we all know, I don't know you guys know, but about the caverns on these planets, massive caverns. There's Anunnaki, there's Draconians, uh, there's Luciferians. Or terrestrials. Yeah. Off, I mean, they're on-planet terrestrials, yeah. They're, 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 you know, and they're not good. They're all teamed together. And what they want to do is the reptilians can't, because they're under the planet with the sulfur and everything else, they can't breathe the level of oxygen we breathe. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So what they're trying to do is put stuff in the atmosphere to block out the sun. And they're saying, oh, it's global warming, we've got to block out the sun. This is the whole agenda because these reptilians want to come to the surface. And so there's a battle for the planet, humans versus the reptilian element. And, you and know, just we'll to be clear, uh, when, you, when you say reptilians, you're speaking about creatures that are kind of like a crossbreed between a human and a reptile. We're not talking uh, theoretical or psychological. We're talking physical reptiles. Find out after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. Yeah, the physical reptiles now, but there's a, f- a couple of things here. Um, they have cro- they have crossed themselves with human beings, and so there is hybrids on the planet, you know. Um, and these reptilians can take a human form. I mean, if you look at the Queen of England, and you think, oh, <laughs> you support the Queen? Absolutely not. You know, the woman's a evil reptilian woman, and so is Charles, and so is you know all these people. You know, that's oh, why we've got a whole episode on it. You have to go oh, back yeah. and listen. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, you can tell because they, it's interesting, they can't <laughs> hold their form all the time. That's why the reptilian eyes, sometimes they flash. And you can see, oh, you're a reptile. Now, going back to, if you ever meet a reptilian, you can always tell because they're dark as anything. Oh, this person's really dark. Now, if you think someone's a reptilian, we have a map of intent which works, a prayer. So what you do is you look at the person, you can say this in your mind, if you say it to them, they're going to get all upset, you know, and pissed off. So you're probably saying it in your mind, and look at them and say, ground yourself, say, I am of God. It's on the website, so, you know, if you want this prayer in the future, I am of God, I ground myself to the earth, dear God, I command you, show this person in their true form, and I thank you, God, send you my unconditional love, so be it. So what's going to happen is that if you look around them, the formation of the reptilian will be opaque. They can't hide from that. So you'll see, like, a opaque formation of reptilian. It was amazing. Because I had a reptilian girlfriend, and um, I didn't realize it. And she was mean. We all horrible. Have. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what were we thinking? Converted with reptiles. But honestly, I didn't know. And, you know, she was mean. And why is one night I just sat there and I said this prayer. Like, oh, my God. Never realized this reptilian, opaque reptilian thing came around it. And do you know what I did? Next morning, I got a load of bin bags. She went to work. I got all my stuff, and I was gone. and never contacted her again. Just gone. So, you know, uh, so we've all had experiences, you know, but uh, you can always tell when people are reptilians, they have no soul, they have no empathy, they have no uh, sympathy, they have nothing. They're just like shut down, like mean, you know, so, and like, like, like the hybrids, like Gates and all these people, they're all, they're all hybrids, you know, I mean, your normal human being would never, ever do an agenda to their, you know, other human beings because they don't have it in them, you know. I mean, it's like, take for example, I don't know, what's his name, Ted Bundy. You know, Ted Bundy's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to real, I wanted to understand, I watched the um, documentary, I wanted to understand what drove him to chop up 36 women in a horrific way he did. Mm-hmm. So I was watching it, and they told what they, it all, the answer was at the end. So he's on death row, and a, a, a reporter went in, and he said it was really interesting, he said, when I talked about third party, how would somebody, not him, but somebody external, how would they do this? Oh, well, you know, he told the whole story. Like, this is how I do. Then he said, well, 
how did you do it? His eyes went black, he got really aggressive because he had a complete possession. Now, don't think he was reptilian, I think he had a complete possession where one of these beings was controlling his body so, you know, so heavily that he he couldn't get hold of his own mind. And, you know, that's that's part of the fact that, you, you know, for me, you've got to get your vibration up because these reptilians do attach to people. Now, Anunnaki, mm, they're not that bad. Draconians, extremely aggressive. Luciferians, even more aggressive. And these things will lash out and do crazy things, make you do crazy things. And that's why, you know, we... I mean, I exercise them, I remove them and send them back to God with unconditional love and forgiveness. And people feel so much better immediately. Like, wow, you know, it's getting negative thoughts. Like, you're useless, you're pathetic. They try and get you to commit suicide, you know. But um, well, as soon as you re remove them, those thoughts are gone, you know. And, uh, you know, people, once you get your vibration above them, they can't get near your energy field and then they'll leave you alone, you know. So, so yeah, that's an important point. So... What is the timeline, do you think, that they... I mean, getting back to what you said earlier real quick, though, you're right, most people don't have it in them because they're a person. You know, we have a soul, we have empathy. Um, but what is their timeline as far as we want to have, you know... 50% of the population gone in 20 years or how are we seeing this? Is this going to start being something where a lot of people are going to start getting more gallons now? Well, they're going to die. I mean, the thing is about this jab is that, you know, people say, I feel fine. When you don't feel fine, you drop dead, you know, because they're talking about myocarditis. You know, it's interesting because it's not normal myocarditis. It's all the particles are something around the heart, you know, and the clots, I mean, of course, they've got blood around them, so they look like clots. The problem is if you scan somebody for 10 to the minus 9 small clots, you're never going to see them. And that's why you have to do a, a different test. It's called a D-dimer test. It tests for any clotting in, in the body. And so it's understanding all this, and uh, it assembles in the brain. It, you know... Now... If you've ever seen, have you seen like uh, undertakers, you know, uh, in mortuaries who have, uh, you know, people who've done autopsies or whatever, and they've pulled like rope out, you know, they said it looks like squid, but they don't know what it is. Uh, that would be nylon 36. That'd be the yeah. nylon uh, assembling itself, you know, because it's not like a shirt. It's, it's got a, you know, it's got a moisture component and everything else. So it's very different stuff. So, you know, nylons are growing, you know, it's assembling itself through your arteries. So, you know, with all this bioweaponry, now, why does it assemble? Well, CRISPR technology splices the genetics, and so it damages the DNA and allows it to replicate. So, again, how do you get rid of it? If you've had the jab, uh, this protocol would strip it out, and you get the DNA reset back to the blueprint again, and then catch your record, so it takes care of it. But, you know, I've not seen anything else. I mean, people talked about the spike proteins, you know. Yes, it's got spike proteins, HIV microinserts, so you can get AIDS from it, you, can, you definitely get Lyme disease from it, you know. There's so much stuff. But the other thing, if it splices the genetics, your immune system plummets to about 22% of what it should be. And so what happens is if people have got cancer in the past, they're getting cancer, like, so fast. And, you know, I'm seeing it. So I'm not trying to make everyone feel miserable. What about these turbo cancers? Well, that's what it is, turbo. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what it is. It's because you've got an immune system. The cancer comes in so quickly that, you know, it's frightening. It comes in within weeks, you know, turbo cancer. 
because you've just destroyed your immune system. You've got no immune whatsoever. And so, you know, that's that's what happens with a jab, and I'm seeing it. I mean, I had a lady who took the jab. Uh, two weeks later, she was dead with cancer. Like, dead, you know, like, wow, this is nuts. You know, I'm not trying to depress people. I'm just trying to make people realize, I mean, it's good to understand how it works, what happens, but then it's good to get it out of your body. And, you know, my advice is, hey, you know, if you want to get out of your body, you know, come to us. If you don't, that's okay, you know. I never push people for healing. I just want to make you realize that, you know, with this jab, sometimes you feel okay, or you may, you know, my my, my kids took it in England. And they think I'm nuts, and so can I do anything? Probably not. And my daughters have got long COVID. And, oh, what's long COVID? Well, if you take the jab, you get long COVID because you're going to get issues with the heart, you know, out of breath, it's affecting your lungs. It actually uh, damages the liver. You get scar tissue in the liver, the kidneys, you know, it gets in everything. And so uh, to me, you know, it gets in the brain, you, you know, you, and also because when you splice someone's DNA, imagine this, the DNA has got a light body in it. You know, everyone's got a light body in it. When you splice the DNA and it damages it, the light body almost disappears. So the God connection uh, just disappears. You can't contact, you know, the God realm because you've been shut down. So that's another element that when people take the jab, when, when you do the DNA change, oh my God, all my God connections come back. And yeah, you know, and so that's a huge thing as well. That's amazing. It's it's great to get the word out because even, you know, with the internet, there's probably people out there that have more gallons that don't know it as far as like you know they think that they they really are just mentally ill uh you know what the doctors are telling them so you know hopefully this will get the word out a little bit that there is a a treatment available for what you have and not just what the doctor tells you you have yeah and and the treatment for the and the treatment for the covid jabs as well because they're you know they're, they're killing people i mean you know, I'm, I'm just seeing it, you know, and I've got a lot of people on the protocol now <clears throat> to strip this, all the boosters and the jab, you know, fire. It doesn't matter which one. It's all got the same components in it. And so, you know, it strips the whole thing out. And, you know, when, when they're on the protocol, you can see, like, blisters come up, little dots of, you know, uh, this stuff come out of their body. It's incredible. And also biofilm, you know, and all these things, you know, all the components. And one of the doctors that I saw interviewed about Morgellons, that I thought was going to be probably a less productive interview than it wound up being. They brought on a psychologist to talk about it because of course they will. But the psychologist talked about how it's important, you know, while you're trying to treat the physical symptoms to treat them emotionally because of the distress they're under and to give them hope kind of like you were talking about. And, you know, to have that positive intention that they're going to treat it and that that actually in his experience seems to, not get rid of them, but lessen the severity of the symptoms. And I think that's kind of the closest mainstream medicine is getting to the kind of healing that you. Oh, I agree with so it. I, I mean, you know, if you if you have that come out of your body, you get psychosis. You'd be that. like, fight or flight. What the heck's this? And and PTSD. you know, the PTSD, anxiety. You know, we also treat you know PTSD because you know one of the things about emotion. I mean, look, who hasn't got anxiety? I'm sure you guys get a bit. You know. I get a bit sometimes. I can feel the collective. Sometimes you feel the collective. Wow, I've got a brick in my chest. There's no reason for that. Oh, it's the collective. So we've got a prayer to remove it. But but I think, you know, we've all... I mean, I've got OCD, you know. Um, I can beat anyone on pairs of pantaloons. I've got 84. Now, if you can beat that, you know, then 
you've definitely got bad OCD because I've got, you know, and you know, I've got, I've got OCD, but I've learned to manage it. You know, I used to have OCD where I had to do something before I could settle down. Now I just, uh, again, you know, when you start relaxing and know God's got your back, you don't have to worry about that stuff again. But but it's come, I think, from being semi-homeless and, you know, probably I had a big thing with, um, uh, what do you call it, abandonment issue because, you know, I'm in hospital for a year when I was straight ball. When I was four in hospital for a year, you know, my mother was always sick, so she was never around. My father was just a crabby old shit and, uh, you know, he used to just, you know, berate you and shout and, you know, he had a lot of anger issues and so, you know, it's kind of, oh, I've got abandonment issues. Hmm, that, that's interesting. I wonder why. <laughs> so, you know, but when you when you learn that, you can then start to start to work on it. You know, when I first married Mandy, if something was set out, you know, out wrongly, like it, or it came across as wrong, I used to just go downstairs, grab my keys, jump in the truck and just drive down to the Minish building. And then I'm sitting there thinking, uh, why did I get such a reaction? Hmm, okay, let's have a look at it. And so I used to look for the emotion, where it came from. Oh, it's from my father. Okay, we can transmute that. And, you know, I used to do this, and she, she allowed me to do it because it was important, I think, for me to process this emotion. And now I don't get reactive at all because, you know, I'm just like, ah, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got over myself with that. I've transmuted the emotion. I feel great now, you know. Um, but, you know, and we've also got a... Well, with abandonment comes, you know, accepting love as well. Like, is this real or is it not, you know? I mean, Mandy's 19 years younger than me, you know, and you might think, well, what, what the hell is she and you? You know, you've got grey hair. And, uh, it's not about that. It's about connection, you know, and, and she's such a loving, kind being, you know. She's just amazing. But I've never had that in my life before. So when you get it, you think, mm, you know, why why do you want to marry me? And I, I have to understand that the girl actually adores me. And, you know, and when you've been used to lack of love, very important to start, being able to accept it, and I do now, but it took me a while. So, and I'm pleased to have met her, bless her, because she's taught me so much. So you taught us how we can kind of spot a reptilian. Uh, so I have two quick questions. One, if you're a starseed or indigo child, will you definitely know it? And two, is there a way that you can spot somebody it maybe somebody that's got, you know, like a lot of charisma, stuff like that, and say, that person is a star seed or an indigo child or something along those lines? Well, there's two things. Uh, if you're a star seed, I think the biggest thing is you just don't fit in the world. You know, you look at the world and this place is nuts, you know. And, you know, you don't want to do a normal job because you don't fit in. You know, you don't fit in anything. I didn't fit in at school or anything because I was very different. And you know, I don't know if you guys found that as well. But, you know, you just don't fit in this world. So, you know, don't even try. The problem is that, you know, when you're a star seed, you're trying to fit in people, trying to, you know, you know, engage with their high drama, everything else. And and then one day you realize, but I'm, I'm not enjoying this life. I don't want to be a people pleaser. And so boundaries, let's set boundaries. I'm done with this. And so your life changes. You know, you take your power back. You know, we don't allow anybody who's going to suck the life out of us in our inner circle. And the reason for that is because this job is getting harder. I mean, you know, uh, what was it? Yesterday, uh, I worked from 9 till, what, 7.38 at night. Uh, it was a really hard day. People are struggling. And, and you know, when I finished, I said, wow, I'm whacked, you know. So so we just sat there and, you know, we were down at the property, so made a little fire in the fire pit and drank a few beers and had a laugh, you know, and I felt better this morning. But 
if you've got people around you, like friends who are going to drag you down, you're just going to get more exhausted. I couldn't do the job. You know, you can only do so much. So I think boundaries are really important. How do you, how do you know other people are starseeds? Uh, I think, I think what happens is you connect so well to them. We meet people where you just like instantly, like, oh, well, I, I know you from a past life. You just know. It's a knowing, you know. And I think uh, if they're in your starseed family, you know, um, yeah, you just connect with them. You know, you immediately connect and have a laugh. And, uh, you know, it's not negative. It's all positive. You know, I mean, I've got a few people that I talk to and support. Uh, they support me and, you know, they're very dear to me. Um, and, you know, there's no negative stuff we just exchange like oh well what happened this week oh yeah that happened and you know we check things with each other you know uh, it's, it's it's amazing yeah you'll know with starseed but how do you know what starseed family you're from i think what you need to do is meditate and you know use your intuition go through all the stars like am i don't ask am i palladian because most people have got palladian dna including me so if i'm if i ask my palladian well yeah you got some so you're gonna get a weak yes um, if you're not, what you got to say is, where is my soul? What family of star seeds is my soul from? That's key. Am I Palladian? You'll you know, get a no. Am I Arcturian, Lumerian, Atlantarian, Andromedan, um, Lyran? You know, there's, there's quite a number of them. So if you get the list, just go through them, and suddenly one will hit you. Oh, yeah, you're Lyran or you're Arcturian or whatever. So yeah, use your intuition. I think that's really important. All right. I've got more if you want. <laughs> I could sit here for about two days talking about all this stuff. There's so much because there's so many factions of different things happening. Yeah. And, well, uh, I've, it's I've kind of been fascinated by your optimism and your life experiences and the way you choose to look at the world. And I saw an interview that you did with Life Mastery Radio. Oh yeah, I think, yeah. Talked about centering the mind. Your uh, one of your other books, but you talked about kind of you know separating yourself from the outside world and not not in an isolationist kind of way, but like you're saying, if you don't fit in, just kind of be okay with yourself. Have your own little bubble. Be comfortable with who you are. Find the thing that you'd like to do, or that you're passionate about, or that you're good at. Oh, yeah, that's key, you know. I mean, we want to build this house. I mean, they put the windows in, uh, then they've got to do the inside. It's probably about four or five months away, but we want to get a greenhouse. And, you know, uh, I mean, I'd have so much joy just going in your own greenhouse and picking your own peppers or tomatoes or something and knowing it's, you know, it's from heirloom seeds and things like that. You know, I want to do fun things. I want to sit around the fire and drink beer. And, you know, these Amish people, um, I know I've got about the Amish, but, you know, in some ways, I think they've got it right. I mean, I wouldn't like the lack of electricity. You know, I want toilets in my house. You know, I don't want to go in a, you know, a hut and poop in there. You know, I, I want uh, a little bit of comfort. But but I do. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, but the isolation they have and being in a community where everyone holds space for them. You know, we, we were invited then, never done this before. Uh, Dave, the architect, was brought up with them, with Johnny and his family. He's got 11 kids and... Anyway, the three families taken down, there's about 43 of them, three families with all the kids, because they believe in them, you know, the more kids you have, you know. I was talking to Johnny's wife, and he said, oh, yeah, there was somebody on our community, they only had six kids, and it was terrible, she couldn't have any more kids, bless her heart, you know, we're up to 11. So it's like, you know, they believe in, you know, uh, seeding the, the planet, you know, with kids, and, and you know, the kids look after each other. Anyway, they had Amish Day, 
so he invites us down. So Dave's got a boat and he's got jet skis. So all the Amish kids, you know, have their long, you know, the girls have their long dresses on getting in the water and the boys, you know. And it was just, you know, they were on um, like floats where they were towed and they were messing about and they were swimming, they were on the boat and they had such a great time, bless them. And then we had food. And then afterwards, uh, the Amish boys knew that Mandy sung. One of her gifts is singing and she's got a beautiful voice. If you go on the website, you can, you can listen to her music and, you know, people have actually written in saying, wow, it's really been healing for me. But anyway, Dave, you know, Dave said, uh, Mandy, you're going to sing? She goes, no, you know, uh, yeah, I haven't got a guitar. Okay, here's one. Oh, my nails are too long. Here's some nail clippers. Uh, well, I need a bridge. Oh, here's a bridge. I need a pick. Here's a pick. What else do you need? Are you going to get on with it? Well, let me play the YouTube first. So she so she, she played the YouTube of her song. And everyone sit and listen to it. And Dave was looking at it. He goes, how do we know that's you? <laughs> we want to hear it live. I said, okay. So she, she played. She played a couple of songs. Beautiful. And then... Dave said they've never done this in their life. They never sing to anyone. They just sing themselves for joy. And uh, Johnny's wife just called all the kids over and they sang two songs. And it was like, it brought tears to our eyes because it was just so beautiful the way they sang, you know. So, but one thing I've noticed, they're always happy, and, you know, and so am I. And I think they've noticed something in us. That's why they don't mind hanging around with us because we're not really in a third dimensional. We're, we're kind of not dissimilar to them. You know, we stay out of this world. Um, and, you know, we just do our own thing, you know, and I think that's important. Getting the joy in life. There's so much, I don't know about you guys, but I, I see so much joy in life. I love it. You know, is it perfect every day? Do I get discombobulated? Um, I'd be lying to say I don't sometimes, you know, because the energies and the collective and the solar flares and all the things that happen in human resonance, they all affect your body, and sometimes I feel really discombobulated. And that, you know, that day I just, sorry, girls, I've got to cancel all the sessions. I, I just not in the space to do them so i spend the day rebalance myself next day we're back to it again you know but uh but generally i i feel amazing i really do but i think also you know this jab and all this vaccine and mass things uh nonsense has, has actually created so much separation with families i feel so sad and that's why you know i honor the amish for what they do because their family's so tight you know and yet you know i've, I've heard stories of like well, my mum said, I, you know, if you don't take the vaccine, I never want to see you again. I mean, is love about a vaccine? You know, love's supposed to be unconditional, you know. And yeah. for, some, for some mother to say to their daughter or son, that is just purely like, I don't know what to tell you. It's oh, really okay. sad. But, it, but it's happened a lot, you know. And, um, you know, I've seen it. What shall I do? I said, look, be a sovereign being. If your mother's love's that fickle, then maybe you don't need it in your life. Bye, you know. And I've had the same with England. My father got really angry because I told my kids, please don't take the vaccine, and they took it and boosters. And so, you know, the thing is about these these jabs is uh, you've probably got a five to seven year life expectancy, and that'll be it. So, you know, it's not that long, and you know they are killing people. Like they're not even reporting. So, you know, it is important to do something about it if you want to. You know, there's there's solutions. There really is solutions. All right, Ryan, you got anything else you want to? ask uh probably not anything that we have time for well i could go on with this for the rest of the day this has been really <laughs> I, I well, let's do it again this is... <laughs> yeah definitely absolutely definitely. yeah we'd love to have you back to talk about any one of these yeah we've, we've touched on four we've touched on four or five things that could have each been an episode in themselves oh yeah and there's so much more you know so much more it's interesting you know because um 
the pyramid project. I'll just give you a brief thing. We can talk about this next time. Sure. But the pyramid project. Um, have you heard about that? What we're doing? Uh, you talked about it in that interview on Life Mastery Radio, but yeah, I, I mean, what I doubt our listeners were. Yeah, tell us it. about that. Well, one one of the problems with this planet is uh, it's got a lot of symbology uh, in the ley lines. Now, there's another problem, of course, the ley lines move. So the pyramids of the past, like Giza and uh, you know um, all the other um, pyramids around the world, and, and there's an absolute ton of them, they've gone off the ley lines, so they're not that powerful. They're, they're okay, but they're not that powerful. Now, what we're doing is we're building off-planet pyramids. There's three of them. Uh, 999 feet tall, 666.66 feet tall, all multiples of three, and 333.33 feet tall. So they're building them. Um, uh, ancient technology, um, and what we're going to do is site them in the USA. Uh, I can't say exactly where because, of course, you know um, these people are trying to buy up all the farmland. But we're going to site them in the USA on a golden curve, where the biggest one will be on a ley line, and that means that what it'll do is power the ley lines up all over the planet uh, because they're so powerful. These things, and um, that's going to really help the planet raise the vibration. Now, why do we want to do that? Well, a, it'll help pe- heal people. B uh, you can actually travel pyramid to pyramid off planet in different dimensions, so you'll be able to travel, you know, uh, through time and space with them. That'll be interesting. But the biggest one is to <laughs> raise the vibration of the planet. Now, why do we want to do that? Well, think about this: all these reptilian elements down below in caverns, the uh, you know the um, the Anunnaki, Draconians, and the well, Archons are just you know they're really just en- energetic beings floating through different dimensions, but. But the Luciferians, you know, they're... In, I mean, don't forget, these beings can switch dimensions, like Anunnaki, you know. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But anyway, so they're low vibrational beings. So if you raise the vibration of the planet in, in, in a, you know, a very fast way, they won't be able to stay here because they'll perish because they can't live in that uh, high vibrational time space. So they'll have to leave. So they'll probably either leave or they'll perish. And, and I think that's important for the human race of the future. So it gives us a chance that, you know, this is our sovereign planet. You guys are gone and, you know, and don't forget, you know, there's no karma with it because it's their choice whether they leave or stay or perish, you know, that's their choice. So, you know, but uh, that's important. But uh, I was going to say something about uh, the Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this is an interesting point. Um, I was on with a very well-known radio presenter. I can't say his name. Anyway, he comes for healing. He said, it's weird, he said, when my wife gets angry, she can throw me about 30 feet, you know, and slam me into a wall. And she's slight. And she said, is that adrenaline? I said, oh, no, 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 that's not adrenaline. That's uh, that's because she's got an entity attached. So what happens is these entities actually feed off negative energy. So when she gets angry, what the entity can do, is can switch in this dimension in like a quarter of a second. It can grab you, throw you, and then switch out again. Then you look at that, you think, how did that slight woman throw me, you know, because he was a big guy like me. I mean, I'm six foot five tall. I've got big bones and, you know, I weigh about, what, 260 pounds, you know, you know and I never weigh myself because I'm not interested. But, but you know, how did you, you do that? And the answer is because these reptilians are 10 foot seven tall. They can just pick you up like a rag doll and throw you. But because they do it so fast, they've disappeared and you don't see them do it. You see what I mean? So that was, a, I just thought I'd tell you that's an interesting point because people, a few people have come to me and say, how, how can that person throw me so far, you know, and it's not necessarily adrenaline, I mean, it can be adrenaline, but most of it's actually because 
these reptilians switch in this dimension without you seeing them throw you switch out and by the time you've you know come to your senses like you can't see it so i thought i'd share that with you it's, it's really interesting yeah that's a great story well this is how we wrap it up with a lot of our guests who do you think or what do you think is going to be the antichrist find out after a quick break welcome back great keepers uh, that's an interesting one because it's uh, yeah. And if you don't like have you an might... opinion on it, that's yeah. totally fine too. Oh no, I, I know the subject backwards. The problem is, is that it's connected to the Mikulzet beings. So, so there's five. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit. There's five Mikulzet beings here. Okay. Uh, from the ultimate dimension. How do you get a antichrist born down here through a Christ soul? That should Ooh. tell you everything you need to know. And she's still alive, by the way, as well. Does that help? Yeah, but how how do you how do you bear an antichrist? Don't forget, you know, it's, it's a fallen. The antichrist is a fallen Mechizedek being. And so how do you bear that down here for the last time? It's been actually removed because there's a trinity up there and three Mechizedek souls who police a lot of things with Prime Creator because the Mechizedek beings are very close uh, in terms of um, creation down here. They created some of the things like Akashic Records to protect the planet and they've policed it, you know, many times before. Um, but, you know, this one went bad and, you know, out of control. So, you know, they... The Prime Creator decided to, uh, it's going to bear it down here for the last time. And so, how do you bear it? You bear it through a Christ soul. And so, I guess in theory, that's one of her kids. <laughs> I'm sure you know which one. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, I'm sure you guys know who it is. Yeah, I and it's I know here. And, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can see it all over them. I mean, people think this monarchy is amazing. Oh my god, they're amazing! You know, my father was talking about King Charles's, you know, coronation. I thought, oh dear, and he said it was beautiful. I'm going to enjoy it. I said, oh, I'm so <laughs> glad for you. Bless your heart. You know, <laughs> I didn't even mention it. So, uh, the guy's evil. You know, he um, they hunt children. You know, underneath uh, uh, Windsor you know, Castle and all this, there's so much stuff with them, it's just unbelievable, you know, and you look at uh, Jimmy Savile, evil, you know, hmm. and he was involved with supplying them, it's just such a big ring. There's one interesting thing that I'll tell you before I go, is I remote viewed one of the dumbs, or some of the dumbs actually under the planet, and uh, the problem is you can, when you remote view, you can smell, and the smell was like, oh my god, it's like, like beyond death and stuff, so, you know, I thought, I've got to stop hmm. that, don't want it in my life. So I was talking to, um, with the pyramids, it's going to cost probably about $200 billion, something like that. Who knows? You know, because if you have these pyramids, you can imagine, you know, 50, 100 million people want to see them. You've got to create an infrastructure to be able to handle that many people. So, and that's up to the top bankers. So we've got top bankers and the, you know, the, some of the white hat military 
who know about the project, who are involved with it. Anyway, um, our guy goes for a briefing uh, with a commander. And they said, this is a top secret briefing. And he told him all about what I've seen. <laughs> this guy, oh my God, this is a top secret briefing. And you were telling me over the phone what you're seeing. And it goes, oh my God, you've definitely got a gift. I said, yeah, you know, it just confirms. But I just thought I'd show that because it's interesting because that's top secret. And yet, you know, absolutely, can, yeah. you can see it. I'd, I don't remove you now because I don't want to feel that energy. It's too much, you know, so... I just kind of take a step back, do the healings, you know, hold the space for the outcome. And, you know, we're going to get there. I think uh, the planet's going definitely in the right direction. I think so, too. That's a great place to wrap it up. But I did have one more question, and I'm so sorry. When you are performing these protocols, are you just completely drained at the end of the day? Just, like, fall out and sleep for 10 hours? Um, I'm drained. Yeah, I, I think I think about this. You know, if you're listening to people all day and you know you're helping them and you know you look at ways of helping them because everyone's different. Everyone needs you know. Some people have got abandonment issues. Some people have got a bit of psychosis. Got language, uh, some people have got MS. Don't know why. Don't explain it. And you're going through all this, and you know they're, they're obviously emotional. And then on top of that, you know, one o'clock every day, Central Time. That's every single day. Every day of the week, uh, 52 weeks a year, you know, I have to do the protocol for people. And that's 1 o'clock, 1.15, 1.30, And each group, we get up to about 15 or 20 people on it. So if you think about that, there's always six groups on the go at any one time because we, we have a new group every month. So, yeah, I would say I'm pretty pretty exhausted sometimes. Other times, I don't know, sometimes when, when the kids that being see that I'm getting exhausted, they just seem to give you a boost and something like, wow, I feel great again, you know. And uh, it comes and goes. I mean, I dedicate my life to it. Uh, but, you know, you can imagine it's not easy. Someone said to me one day, I talked about the, sure. I was talking about the gifts, and he said, wow, that could be a curse or it could be a blessing. Depends which way you look at it. And I said, well, I, I view it as a blessing to help people. I said, it's exhausting. And people say, oh, I want to do a spiritual business. And yeah, I just want to do a few hours a day doesn't work like that, you know, you have to dedicate your time to it, you know. Like I say, we work with about 2,000 people, you know, have a look at YouTube, have a look at Facebook, you know, how many views we get, have, have a look at um, uh, Telegram, we're on Truth Social, what's the other one? You know, we're on all of them, you know. Uh, I haven't used Rumble much yet, but I'm going to start using it. But uh, we had have had one strike from, uh, you know, from YouTube saying it's medical misinformation, what, what I'm saying, so... So I've, I've managed to fix that by doing this disclaimer. Look, I'm not a medical doctor. Go to a doctor, phone 911 if you've got emergency. This is a purely spiritual healing from a purely spiritual exercise. And they seem to have left us alone for a bit. So, But yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, let's do it again. Have a chat to Donna. Donna always does, you know, tries boxing because the problem is it gets so busy. It's difficult to, you know, if you talk to Donna and get another date, you know, in the future, you know, um, I'd, I'd love to come back. I think you guys are doing great. Well, it's an open door. Yeah. Well, All let's right. do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no hope. Let's do it. All right. Run down your stuff. Tell them where they can find you. 
Yeah, I would just, if you want any healings or you want, you know, see a final protocol, anything else, all the prayers, with meditations, things to help you, if you go to www.globalenlightenmentproject.com, that's globalenlightenmentproject.com, and um, yeah, it's all on there, and you know, you can contact the office, and if you want to book a session, there's girls there to help you, you know, if you if you're depressed and don't know what to do, just phone, phone the office. You know, we can we can really help you. And don't forget that uh, heart sharing circle. Uh, that's on every Friday, I think, at 3 p.m. You can sign up for that. And you know, there's some great people on, you know. It's good to kind of commune with great people, especially if you're lonely. I see so many people lonely. It breaks my heart, you know, because, um, you know, there's not many people who are that involved uh, with this information and everything else. So if you start talking about it, they think you're a complete wacko, you know, so... So you'll you'll be amongst other wackos, and, which is good, <laughs> and it's it's nice to share things. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your uh, time. Thanks, of Jeremiah. Course. Thanks, and Ryan. Thank you. You are, you are just full of knowledge about so much stuff. I, I mean, yeah, we could do a six-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's always to do it in, better to do it in chunks because then people can absorb it, they can have a look, and you know, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've yep. been working, I dedicate my life to it, and you know, I watch what goes on, I'll go about view, see what, see if I can see anything. I try and monitor the human resonance, and I try and monitor solar flares because because that, that affects people as well, you know. I mean, you know, sometimes the human resonance can make you feel like really like blah, you know, or or get a lot of emotion or something, you know, or affect your intestines, and it's good to know that look, this is you know. All these things are uh, congruent to actually upgrade our bodies. And when your body's upgraded, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't actually feel like eating very much, you know. I kind of think, even like tonight, I think, well, what do I fancy eating? Mm, you know, and if you eat the wrong thing, it doesn't sit well. It sits like a lump in your stomach. So, you know, to me, it's important. Every night, you know, maybe about this time, whatever you have dinner, think about what do I really fancy. And it might be a bacon egg sandwich. It might be a salad. It might be... You know, eat what your body's kind of craving for at that time because I think it's really changing. And I think the second thing is I'm virtually eating nothing at six foot five. Normally, you know, before I'd eat a lot of stuff. You know, now I just hardly eat anything. And, you know, because our bodies are definitely changing upgrade. Well, thanks so much. And you have a wonderful night. Uh, love to you guys. Thanks for having me. What are your final thoughts on this, Ryan? Find out after a quick break. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. I mean, I thought that we were just mainly going to talk about Morgellons or Morgellons. I wasn't even sure how to pronounce it. It's either way. It's like the name, yeah, it's like the name Hermione in the Harry Potter books when I first read those. I never met anybody with that name. I didn't know how to say it. (laughs) And I realized going into this, I'm not sure I've heard it out loud before, you know, in one conclusive way, (laughs) but we learned about a lot more and the part that i mean i i just i need to read more of his stuff because i think he had a lot of really useful advice for just everyday mental health yeah essentially you know the whole discussion of how he lost his business went through bankruptcy went through divorce and all these other you know trials that he went through that kind of 
a crucible, you could even say, that turned him into what he is now. Mm. You know, the, and gave him an appreciation for just kind of simpler joys. You know what I mean? I it it reminds me of a conversation I had with another friend of mine who we were talking about houses. You know, like where to live, what kind of neighborhoods, what kind of schools there should be around, and he's like, "Yeah, just you know." It's like I'm cool with being here. Like schools are good enough, mm-hmm. house is good enough. Don't have to be house poor, and it kind of made me think about that in a way that I hadn't before. I mean, I know everybody throws that term around, but the fact that a friend was saying it to me, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? At at certain jobs that I've had before, or certain friend groups, there's a little bit of competition who has the best car, best apartment, whatever. And it's like a lot of that stuff really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And if you've gone through stuff like he has, and even some of the things that I've gone through, and I'm sure you have as well, it you, I think through your life, you realize what's important. When you go through something really hard, you realize what's important. And you also realize that what other people think and fitting in doesn't really matter all that much. Appreciation is forged with despair. And it's sad because it's hard to teach people to appreciate things when they haven't done without those things. Although you just reminded me of something that he said, where, where the love goes, the money flows. Mm. First off, I just love that quote. Second, somebody in Sauge should pay him a hundred thousand dollars to use that for their slogan. <laughs> at one at like Larry Flint or something like that. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Anyway, I guess getting back to this podcast, uh, my main focus for tonight was the Morgellons because I think that there's people out there that think they have Morgellons that do not have Morgellons or or not. Their symptoms are not from the Morgellons. They're from something else. But there's people out there that don't think they have more gallons or don't even know about it that may actually have it and this is such a horrific disease and I know we got into a lot of stuff but you know getting back to it medically these people are suffering greatly every day and just the thought that a doctor would you know, basically turn them around and give them a pat and say, nope, just go see your psychiatrist. And then the psychiatrist is like, well, I don't really believe in this either. I'll give you some anti-anxiety stuff. And it's not like, it's not even being looked into. And that kind of goes back when I was like, so is it being suppressed? Are they, you know, told not to talk about it? Right, right. Okay. I didn't get where you were going with that in that specific context. Sure, but then if that's the case, then we need to really be worried. Because they exploit everything. They don't, you know, they hide stuff that's going to get them in trouble, but they exploit everything else. Yeah, this, I mean, a lot of the suffering with that is going to be, to my mind, psychological because of some of the you know interview i mean in research for this seeing what people were saying about it and their experiences having it and trying to be treated or even just taken seriously that uh, nbc i think it was called left field is the series 
but they do just sort of it's a good name you know unless like it is it is a good name and i think their whole jam with that is that they do you know less covered topics right. but they were interviewing this one woman in particular who they they showed her going through her morning routine and she was saying that when she first noticed that she had it she felt like she had something crawling under her skin she said it felt like I think she said it felt like mice under her skin mm. or something like that. And you can see without makeup that she has these sores on her face. And she's like, yeah, I got to put on makeup. So I look at least kind of normal. And mm-hmm. then they've got her sitting on a couch because they're, you know, interviewing her. They're talking to her. And she's just saying like, yep, I learned really quickly. If you say anything about this, they're going to treat you like you're crazy. They're going to just try to get you out of there. Don't take pictures. Don't show them anything. Don't bring them any samples. They're not going to want to see it for the most part go in and just like talk about some of the symptoms the sores lesions uh aches and pains i I saw stuff about you know like joint pains and things like that that come with it and try to let them come to their own conclusion and out of the people that they talked to and the people the doctors that i saw uh information from during my research there were only a few that took it seriously there was the psychologist talking about this is definitely a real thing that is really affecting people. Yeah, and the trauma that's attached. And, yeah, and he's saying, you know, what I can do is try to ease that suffering for them a little bit by giving them, you know, trying to calm their emotional state right. down. And that seems to help. And then this other doctor who I think was on that uh, left field episode who, you know, she was looking at samples. They gave the, the interviewer a bunch of these samples and they brought it to a doctor. And the doctor was like, no, this is just lint. This is this is whatever. Like, this is clearly a piece of a fiber from a shirt that got stuck because yeah. there's like blood on it. But then they got to one where she's like, this doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. This looks like something else. She's like, this is very exciting because this is not, you know, it's not lint. It's not from a fabric. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, this is the stuff we need to see. Like, don't, and the interviewer even asked, like, should they bring in samples? And she said, no, because it can be contaminated with other things. Like, come in with, you know, yeah. while they're protruding and do that. Don't don't present too much because it makes it harder to sort it out, I guess. You know what's interesting to me is that this disease is so interesting, but doctors don't seem to really want to do any research into it. Well... Yeah, I don't know. There there was a an odd comment in one of the videos that I saw where they were pointing out that, you know, diseases that are not very common, and this is 20,000 people out of 8 billion, mm-hmm. at least at report, because a lot of them, right. so, you know, I, I think would not say anything about it. They just try to deal with it. Mm. But 20,000 known cases and 80% women. And they were saying diseases that affect primarily women and in such low numbers have, you know, there's a historical precedent for those being kind of ignored. Well, sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced. I mean, I, I've, he- I've heard about this in research. I didn't know that it wasn't a, I didn't know that people thought it was psychosomatic. I knew that it was mysterious. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Most doctors are like, ah, this is BS. Go talk to a, a shrink. They're Morgellons deniers. That's what they are. Yeah. Those yeah. sons of bitches. <laughs> but yeah, man, hopefully we can get get Dr. Macklin back on. Yeah, that was fun. Talk about the reptilians. I want to hear stories about the reptilian girlfriend. 
I want to swap. I want to share stories and, and find some. I mean, I have some suspicions now. <laughs> I want to see if there are similarities between all the, you know, these girls that we're thinking of. <laughs> I'm just going to FaceTime her. With the yeah, prayer. see if her eye switches. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff, man. All right. Well, I guess that's all we've got. Uh, Ryan, you want to tell them what they need to know? Yeah, briefer, more brief than what I said at the start. But if you guys want to get in contact with us and let us know if you have any information about Morgellons or Morgellons or Morgellons or however you would pronounce it, since I saw many pronunciations in my research, you can do that. You can also let us know what you want us to talk to Dr. Macklin about next at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, rate, share, all those good things. They all help us out a lot. And I think that's about it. I think that'll do. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok and CryptKeepPodcastStore.com. Good evening, Crypt Keepers. <laughs> <laughs>